and welcome back to the Angel Investors Access Show. On this series, we talk to startups, angel investors, VC firms, mentors, coaches, and stakeholders that play a part in the Australian entrepreneurial ecosystem. Proudly brought to you by C2 Angels, helping build a community of like-minded, aspiring angel investors right across Australia and beyond. Have you booked your angel opportunity investment discovery session yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Become an angel investor today and visit c2angels.com. And now let's head to the next episode and join me with our special guest. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Angel Investors Access with your host, Brandon Burns from C2 Angels. I've got joining with me all the way from California for our part two interview. I've only got 10 minutes of his time. Welcome back to the show, Greg Shepard. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Now, mate, we were just deep in conversation. I thought, you know what? I've got to record this. Obviously, for those listening, he's the founder and CEO of Boss Capital Partners, serial entrepreneur, angel investor, Forbes author, and keynote speaker. And currently, you can check out, is it a book or a, um, a, a podcast or what is it that we can check out? Both. There's a Forbes radio show that I host, and there's also a book that's coming out from published by Forbes next year. All right. So the URL so people can check it out as we speak, Greg, is? GregorySheppard.com. Excellent. All right, guys, check that out. Now, Greg, we were deep in conversation around how do we improve this success rate? We're talking about how 90% of startups are failing, which means, surprise, surprise, 90% of angels are. How do we fix that? Yeah, so, I mean, what I was discussing with you is the to fix a, uh, a market, to create a startup economy uh, ecosystem in any country involves tackling the first issue, which is uh, increasing the success rate. Because if you have... You know, if you're looking at 90%, which is what it is statistically speaking around the world, that means that you have an investor makes 10 investments. Maybe they put 10 grand in each one of them. So they have 100 grand out there, 90% failure. They lose 90 grand. They have 10 grand on the table to make up the 90 grand they, they lose, which is a 9x multiple on your return. And typically returns are 2 to 5x, right? So it doesn't back in, right? It just doesn't back in. So in order to make that work, you have to fix the problem that has to do with why are they failing. So I've spent, you know, I don't know, <laughs> about a decade trying to figure out why entrepreneurs are failing. And I have a tremendous amount of data that supports the different reasons why they're failing. And then I put together uh, Boss, the business operating support system to help entrepreneurs. When I was doing that, the issue that kept surfacing is investors are one of the reasons why entrepreneurs fail. In fact, investors are one of the reasons why they lose their own money. Uh, and that's because they don't know how to invest. They don't know what they're investing in and they don't understand how to support the entrepreneur. And so I created a program that we're going to be releasing that allows investors to understand that. Simply put, if you're an investor and you are engaging in conversation or hassling the entrepreneur on what you think they should do and you're not an operator in their space, you can cause them to and lose your money. An example would be, uh, another example would be investors, uh, let's, let's talk about, an, I talked to an entrepreneur today, and this is pretty typical. An entrepreneur in the beginning when they're doing their seed round or pre-seed or series seed round, they're spending 70 to 75% of their time trying to raise money. That means that they're only spending 25% of their time working on their business. After they raise money, they have to go through another round. Almost immediately, they start going to try to raise their next round, and they now have to manage their current investors which is 40% of their time. So what you have is you have an entrepreneur spending 125% of their time or more than all of their time 
trying to manage current investors and raise money uh, on their new. So now you've invested in this entrepreneur who's supposed to be out there building this business. And all they're doing is dealing with raising capital and managing the investors they have. So on the investor side, that's one piece. The other thing is when you have investors calling them and they're providing information or trying to pivot the organization outside of the vision, this just doesn't make sense because you have an investor who invested into an entrepreneur and the entrepreneur's vision, and then afterwards calling up and trying to change that, trying to change the very reason why they made the investment in the first place. So there's a couple of examples. Um, I think that overall, what I've noticed is that training investors on how to be investors, how to support the entrepreneur and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, even though, you know, the golden rule rules, that doesn't mean you should flex that muscle. You know, you have to understand how to be a good investor for the entrepreneur. And this is funds and everything down the line to an individual angel. And on the other side, the entrepreneur needs to understand how to give the investor the the information that they need to try to give that investor the confidence required to do the follow-on investments so they don't spend as much time raising capital. Okay, excellent. So most recent example of where this is stuffed up and most recent example of where this has worked really well. Yeah. In, in, in scenarios where you use boss, what you're doing is you're training the entrepreneur on value drivers, valuation drivers. So like lagging indicators, first of all, giving them the terminology of a lagging indicator, which is like financials. So lagging indicator is something by the time it happens, it's too late, right? So it's a lagging in nature. Leading indicators, what drives the lagging indicators. Most entrepreneurs are giving financial numbers to the investors and investors are living off of those which are lagging indicators. So understanding what those value drivers are, growth, margin, and retention, and users if it's a software platform, and understanding who you're selling to and the trajectory that you have to the progress of that execution and comparing that as a driver for success outside of just looking at the the financials is a pivot in the mind of the of the investor and the mind of the entrepreneur because if the buyer of your company is looking to you know they want to buy a user base and you have a freemium offering so somebody comes in and they buy the software and then they convert it from a free trial or usage or something it gets converted to some paid uh, revenue uh, model the buyer of your business may not care about that they may only care about conversion rate and the number of users you have. In that scenario, you might have an investor who's saying, hey, when are you gonna get profitable? When actually that doesn't matter to the end state of the business and liquidity event, right? So you have an investor pivoting or driving the entrepreneur to do something because they have the money that isn't actually gonna get the, the, uh, the return that the investor actually wants just because they don't know any better, you know? Mm-hmm. And starting out understanding who your buyer is, who the acquirer of your business is and what why they're buying you. Is it growth, margin, retention, users? What is it, right? And out of those, which is the primary driver? Sometimes it's growth, pure growth. They don't care about anything but growth. And so they're going after growth and they're going after growth. And sometimes it's not that. So the investors are saying, grow, 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 but that's not actually the value driver. Or sometimes they're like, get, get, you know, break even, get break even, but that's not the value driver either. So it's important to establish these things up front and then make sure there's alignment so everybody understands what success looks like 
And that alone pivots at a lot of things. It gets gives the investors more confidence, relaxes them so that they're not spending so much time with the entrepreneur. It, it gives you follow-on rounds so the entrepreneur isn't spending so much time raising cash. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that that changes uh, throughout the, the, the two-sided ecosystem being, you know, the entrepreneur and the investor. Okay. So I'm loving what I'm hearing and this does make a lot of sense. Um, what about for the, the investor who's uh, new and the founder who's opportunistic and, and has, doesn't have an abundance of fundraising opportunities? How do they taper not being drawn in to just wanting to make themselves presentable and attractive to get their outcome? How, how do they trust? How do they know that, no, they need to trust this process? How do they sort of validate for themselves that it's going to work if we just adopt this process? Because people often are going to always gravitate to how they can make themselves look most attractive for funding. Yeah. How do you, how do you avoid people thinking, that sounds fantastic in principle, but I, you know, I need to also sell myself here. Yeah. I think that, you know, an, an entrepreneur training an entrepreneur to understand that whatever you say when you're raising cash is going to be something that you're going to have to deliver. And there's really no way around that. Right. So if you're, if you're upfront on a deal and you know, you're talking to the investor and you're making commitments and promises and hyping everything up, and you don't deliver on that, you're going to reap what you sow down the line. You're not going to get a follow on and you're going to be back to the same, you know, the same thing. So I would say that, and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, look, be candid and honest with your investors up front. And if the investor box at you, then they're the wrong investor. If yep. you get an investor, if the entrepreneur is out there, you know, sizzling, and everything is like, you know, flashy wonderfulness. And it looks like the Vegas strip <laughs> and the investor bites on that. You probably have the wrong investor and you're not going to know until that investor comes back around and goes, Hey, where's the Vegas strip? And you're like, I'm, I'm still working on it. So can, can you share with me then maybe one most recent example that you've got into personally, where you've helped a founder dispel their assumption around needing to be the Las Vegas Strip to you and where you've actually unlocked for them that it was other things that weren't apparent to them that made them investable from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So I was talking to an entrepreneur. We actually made the investment after I straightened out the entrepreneur on this, but the entrepreneur came out and he goes, you know, we have a, we're, we're going to be a billion dollar company, um, you know, and he pulled out his financials and the numbers were, you know, 80% growth year over year. Um, you know, margins at 30 points. I mean, it was like, it was like a dream. And I was like, look, th this is not going to happen. I, this, if, if this ever happened, you would have one of the greatest, you'd have like the, the Facebook, you know, I mean, the chances of you ha having a business like that or having a unicorn is like, you know, getting hit by lightning. So calm down and build a business based on the logical principles of a business moving forward and not so much on the, the hype and the financials. Anybody that presents financials to you at an early stage investment is, uh, and anybody that buys into those financials are ridiculous anyway, because everything in there is fabricated. You, you know, nothing at that point. So nothing in there means anything. You're buying into the vision and the principles of the deal. Right. So you're buying into the problem 
and the that's being solved by this company for its customers and the belief that those customers take this problem seriously enough to pay the amount of money that is in that financial model. That's the extent of that. So I told him that and I said, listen, explain the problem to me and then explain the current solutions for that problem, whatever they're doing. Even if it, if it, it's a manual typewriter, in one case, it was uh, lawyers that were using, you know, their assistants were using typewriters to fill out these forms. Um, and I said, and now give me a sense for how passionate these people are about solving this problem. Because there's what somebody would do for that, what somebody would do on their own. There's something that somebody would pay for, and there's something that isn't annoying enough for them to, to do anything about in the first place. Yep. And you have to understand where that is, and you convince the investor on that, which is the principle of the deal. The rest of it falls into line in a software company specifically because you can pivot a lot of the numbers. The next step is, how am I going to get in front of these customers? And do I have to educate them for them to see the value of the business, or are they going to see the value on their own? Because if you have to educate them to see the value of the business, you have a whole nother marketing plan that you have to put together just to educate them on the value of it and then sell it to them. It's all another step in the process. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's how I think through it. Yeah, great. I've got, I've got um, five more minutes here for everyone watching and listening. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hard. Greg, talk to me about the feeling, the uh, comfortability and the, um, the more confident and relaxed state a first-time angel can be in after adopting what you just talked about. So, so, what are they going to experience and learn through being brave in um, assessing a deal the way you've mentioned to be able to feel more confident and in control when they go to do it repeatedly? Yeah. So, you know, it's the same. The, the difference is these investors are investing into some stock market or bonds or some other vehicle. Right. And the difference is that in when you make those investments, you have some empirical data to look at. Right. You're looking at it, you're saying, oh, I'm buying IBM or whatever. And IBM's numbers are this. And here's the news. And here's their new products that say those numbers are going to get better. And so I'm going to make money. Right. It's the same thing. When you adopt principles that that are based off of leading and lagging indicators, but leading indicators and lagging indicators and the valuation drivers that they affect, then you're using the same principles that investors are already used to real estate, whatever, right? And when you're using those principles, they automatically get just as comfortable as they do when they invest in other, uh, other vehicles. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. That comfortability, that, that ability to be comfortable in, in these types of investments has to do with their understanding and transparency to a level where it aligns with things that they're already investing into. Yep. Um, love it. So, um, free question time because I want you to really um, drop a bomb on me or drop a nugget on us. What's something you'd, you'd add further given our conversation today for that aspiring angel listening? And this is an angel, you know, predominantly that's based in Australia. So somewhat detached from, uh, I guess, opportunity or scale that is, that is existing in your market in North America. But what, could you, what could you speak to them and say right now to give them confidence that, yeah, they should do this? I think that, you know, the, you know, think about it this way. I tell a lot of entrepreneurs that come to me and they go, I have this really great vision and they, and they tell me their whole story. And I say, listen, what do you have to lose? You could stay in the job that you're in now and keep doing that and regret 
having tried this, or you can go for it. And if you go for it, what are you going to lose? A year's worth of time? Isn't that worth it? I mean, for the you, you weigh your you know you weigh the uh, the pros and cons, and the pros on doing a startup is a change to your entire life for maybe generations, and the cons are you fail. I mean, <laughs> you know, go for it. <laughs> so, so my question to you then is obviously you've created. Let, let's be honest, you've created enormous wealth uh, as an outcome and a result of your endeavors by going for it. Um, but where do they rate compared to the other things that you've gotten out of going on this journey? I mean, the, you know, what I tell people this all the time that, you know, wealth is an outcome. It's not a goal. Mm -hmm. It's an outcome of achieving a goal. So you have to, you know, the goal are the leading and indicators that then good become lagging indicators. And then the lagging indicators become an exit and then you achieve your goal and then you get the outcome of the revenue, you know, or of the, of the wealth that you get personally. Um, so, you know, you don't, you know, you don't win a race by crossing the finish line. You, you win a race by doing it, you know, each kilometer at a time, you know, so it's, it's, it's that marker that helps you get through the race altogether. Um, that's one thing I would say on the other side that, you know, focusing on wealth is going to drive you the opposite. I, I, I really believe that I think focusing on, um, something, some problem that you passionately want to solve is the, is the pathway to wealth. Yeah. Um, okay. Love it. Um, maybe we've run out of time, but, um, stay on the line cause we've got to keep talking. Um, Gregory Shepard, share with me again the URL and the resources because this sounds just critical for anyone considering becoming an angel to check out immediately. GregorySheppard.com is my website. Um, and there's tons of information in there. And, you know, we're hoping to move into Australia Q2 of next year to offer these programs um, to entrepreneurs and investors to try to help out there. Um, I'm doing this. Uh, because I'm passionate about helping out with uh, income equality, and that's the the main purpose. It's it's the fundamental source for people to to get over the line. You know, you need a windfall of some sort, and this is one that you can control and do yourself. Well, wow. awesome, Gregory Shepard. And uh, anything else to add on the most recent events? Anything you want to leave us with? <laughs> no, I mean, um, no, I mean just the normal the normal stuff. You know, I, you know, the, the normal, uh, you know, doing deals and selling companies uh, and producing a lot of content. But I think people will be uh, happily surprised when they go to the website and look at all the stuff, stuff that's available for them to learn from. Yeah. Beautiful. The podcast is really good, too. The Forbes radio podcast is really good. Yeah. What's that and, called? Uh, it's called uh, the Boss Podcast with Gregory Shepard, I think. Um, you can get to it from the website. But I interview people like David Covey, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People's Son and David Allen, Getting Things Right. Um, you know, Ken Blanchard, one of the best, uh, you know, he's written 20, what, 75 New York Times bestsellers, some of the biggest angels in the Silicon Valley. I mean, it's a there's good guests on there and yep. I ask them good questions. And so it's a good it's a good show. You know, I, honestly, I'd probably tune in in the third or fourth episode. <laughs> the first few, I think I was trying to get my, make my way. 
after that, it starts to get really good. <laughs> Greg Shepard, we're going to do part three. Awesome work. Thanks again. Thank you. Have a good day. And that's all we have time for today on the Angel Investors Access Show, your series with Brandon Burns from C2 Angels. If you're thinking about becoming an angel investor and you don't know where to start, then you know exactly where to head, c2angels.com, and book your angel investment opportunity discovery session now. Until next time, I'm Brandon Burns, and I'll catch you later.